Uh, welcome to episode three of the Decades Apart podcast. I'm here with uh, this episode. I'm going to be Nemesis, and I'm here with Mr. X. Mr. X, <laughs> he doesn't have any lines. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this podcast is now over. <laughs> you lose, big guy. <laughs> So I was uh, uh, looking at my YouTube subscription this morning, and uh, I saw that Michael had uploaded gameplay Resident Evil Zero, and I went, ooh, this is something <laughs> to watch later. <laughs> uh, Zero, the redheaded stepchild of the Resident Evil series. <laughs> I've never understood the hate that Zero gets. Zero gets a lot of hate, and I, I never understood it because... Like I liked the you know I just walked mechanic. I thought I thought it was well implemented enough. I mean, if I can definitely understand if there was no map, you know, the map didn't show you where you left stuff, but it does, and that's at least why I appreciate it. I, I don't think that's the only reason why it, it gets the hate. I mean, that, that that's the reason one of the reasons why I didn't like it, and pretty much the the only reason was just the the you know the lack of item management in. I mean, yeah, you can leave the items down, like, on the, you know, various parts of the map and all that, and, you know, mark them. But just the, you know, each, both characters have six item slots each instead of eight. And that the long guns all take up two item slots. It's like, yeah, but but I think the real reason what, uh, what hurt it was that it came literally within just a, within the same year as Remake, which is considered to yeah. be the greatest of the, the Resident Evil games of the older style ones, the, the tank controls and fixed camera. So it was, it, basically it had set the bar high and, and Zero just couldn't, you know, muster that. I think a lot of people got it, bought it, thought, oh, this is going to be just like Remake, and it's it's really not. Um, well, as one of those people that uh, did buy Remake and Zero around the same time, I actually wasn't because i i don't know maybe i understood enough about video game development at the time that i knew that like two different teams handle them mm-hmm. but the thing is is like the reason the whole like the whole reason remake was even remade was because of zero so uh because zero was on the n64 initially and then like nintendo had retired the n64 so capcom was forced to go up to the gamecube they're like okay well we'll sign a deal with you guys to release all the Resident Evil games on the GameCube. And when they were getting ready to go port the first one, they realized this game has not aged well at all. And it looks like trash. The voice acting is trash. Everything about this game is basically trash now. They're like, what's... <laughs> yeah. is, it in, uh, is, it, is it Shinji Mikami? Is it who the director is? I believe so, yeah. At yeah, that time, he, he was still with Capcom. <clears throat> He went and looked at it and was like, I'm not happy with this. I'm just going to reboot this whole game. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, when it came out, when, when Zero came out, I knew it was developed by a, a different team as well. But that's, I think it's just because I, I knew a lot as well about game development. And, um, you know, time-wise, like you said, it would just be impossible for the same team to crank out two games like that within within such a short frame. Um but I think that everyone else, like all the noobs out there that um, that don't know that sort of stuff, are like, well, why is this game so different? Why is it not like Remake? Why is this, you know? I, yeah. Anyway. I, I, don't know. I often, <laughs> oh, go ahead. I was about to say, you know, with all the talk of, of them remaking 4 and how they remade 2 and 3, I'm like, well, 
zero is the one you guys really should remake. <laughs> you might be able to redeem it a little bit if you. Uh, not, well, not that I really care much about the remakes, but. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't care about any of. Like, I hear a lot of Resident Evil fans, you know, go, "Oh, well, if you like classic Resident Evil, you'll like these new games." I'm like, but I don't like the play style. It's not what. That's not the like. The, the thing is, is I don't think anyone understands that. That's what I love about Resident Evil. It's the play style of Resident Evil. I like the play style with Silent Hill, but they're not the same play style, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, I can't really say for certain because I haven't played the, the second or third remake game. Uh, I probably won't for a while because I, well, I don't have a PS4 or, uh, you know, Xbox Money. One. or <laughs> Well... <laughs> My money's a different story. I mean, I've, I'm you know trying to pay off a car that's falling apart on me right now. That's I'm gonna have to get another vehicle after I pay this one off. So anyway, uh, enough about the personal information. Um, I I, I kind of want to try at least the you know remake two just just to see what you know if it lives up to the hype. You know, just just to give it a fair shake. I'm I'm not really totally impressed with a lot of the stuff I've seen about it, but. You know, I'm one of the more of the type of person that can't really pass judgment on a game until I've, I've actually played it. So. Well, I just, I, I just don't have any interest because, like, I mean, for the longest time I hadn't played five because I didn't have the interest. For the longest time I didn't play six, and I am, I've played a little bit of six, and I went, yeah, this game fucking sucks. And I turned <laughs> it. I, I got to the part where you're at the gas station fighting all those guys, and oh, I had God. no bullets left. And I am just ninja kicking all the zombies. And like, <laughs> this game is the dumbest thing I have ever played in my entire life. I I actually got the game when it came out. I pre-ordered it, and uh, when I got it, and I start I started playing immediately after I brought it home from the store, which I don't always do with games. But um, I was like, oh man, I got I got to try this. I hope it's as good as because I thought five was great. And I started playing. And I'm like, this this does not feel anything like a Resident Evil game. Yeah, it's got Resident Evil characters in it. It's got it actually has zombies in this one, uh, but uh, you know, playing through Leon's campaign, and I'm like, this doesn't feel anything like a Resident Evil game. Not, not definitely not the classic style, but not the over-the-camera third-person style of four and five. Even though it used that element, I'm like, this just seems so off. And then, I mean, cause I I beat all campaigns in the game, and I remember just playing through this. I'm like, this this is more like. You know, Resident Evil has now become an official third-person shooter in this game. It is not survival horror. It is, I mean, you might as well be playing like any any other third-person shooter. It's just third-person shooter with zombie sci-fi horror elements thrown in there. And that, 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 that's kind of how I saw it. And I think that's why everyone was very disappointed with 6 and why they tried to, to change direction with 7. But I haven't even played that yeah. one either, so... Well, I have seven on Steam, but I can't play it because it just crashes my computer. So. Uh, oh shit! Uh. Well, I haven't upgraded my computer since the final hit, so mm. it's definitely needing a, a, a you know need a rebuilt. But you know, I can't. You know, everything's out of stock right now, and I'm just like, whatever. I don't. I don't. You know, my com- my computer as is still runs, and so I've been playing like Max Payne a lot lately. So. 
Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat myself. I, I have an HP, like an HP notebook that I just use for like web browsing and shit like that because it doesn't have like the capacity to, I mean, I don't even have hardly any anything saved on it, but my other laptop is an older HP that actually has Windows 8 on it. And uh, uh, that one is still running. It still works pretty good, although I've been having some trouble with um, like some backwards compatibility issues. Like I, I noticed I've, I've had some trouble with devices that use the USB 2 style of a mm-hmm. driver, and this thing's got USB 3, and there have been a few peripherals that I've attached to it that I, I just could not get running after, like, re-updating the drivers and, and doing everything I can. So um, I have to look – I might be looking into getting another another computer in the future, but I want to pay off that car first. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I've been I've been enjoying Max Payne. I haven't played that game for friggin' ever, but I picked it up on Steam. Like, because the only way I pick up games anymore is I pick them up on sale, and I picked up like Max Payne one and two for like three bucks, both of them. I and, I've actually never played either any of the Max Payne games. I, I back when they they came out, you know, twenty the first one I think came out like twenty years ago, I think, and mm-hmm. I, I almost end up getting it, but for whatever reason, I never picked up a copy of it, and um, uh, well. Here's a question. Do you like John Woo movies? Yep. I know they use that that, you like- that bullet time feature in the game. That was something that, that uh, Max Payne pioneered in, in video games. You could, like, slow things down and stuff like that. Uh, a game I did play, which was similar to that, was uh, Dead to Rights, which um, used kind of, like, a similar feature. You could, like, slow things down and, you know, shoot up enemies and that sort of thing. But... Yeah. Um, do you like... Um- do you like film noir? Yeah, um, the few film noir movies I've seen. Do you like comic books? Um, actually, I don't own any comic books. I'm well, aside from manga, which I don't really consider comic books. But um, and I don't know that comic books. <laughs> I, don't, I don't own a whole lot of that. So, um, um, but yeah, I guess you could say I do. Okay, then you'll like Max Payne. <laughs> it's all of those things. <laughs> I'm afraid if I start playing, I'm going to start cracking Mark Wahlberg jokes the whole time. But anyway. <laughs> I don't even acknowledge that movie because, okay, I had, uh, the reason I had played Max Payne is like uh, my girlfriend at the time had really told me like, oh, yeah, well, this game, Max Payne's awesome. You should pick it up for your PS2 because I had just gotten a PS2 and I didn't have, I barely had any games for it. I had like the Devil May Cry games and I had Bully and I had the Grand Theft Auto games, and that was about it. And she was like, oh, yeah, you got to pick up Max Payne. So I picked up Max Payne, and I absolutely hated it. Really? And I hated it because the <laughs> basically what had happened is they just like did a, like, I don't even know how I'd consider it. They, they, they did a, the port bad. That's basically the way I'd say it. Mm. Um. Like so, it basically controls like a first-person shooter, but it's a third-person shooter. <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah, but the thing is, is, I saw like, and then I found out that it was originally like on PC, and I went, "Well, maybe on PC, like that makes sense," and it does. It makes perfect sense on PC, <laughs> but it just didn't. It just didn't port well to console. Right, because hmm. like I said, so like the um the right con- the right analog stick controls like your sight. Oh wow! Like a first person shooter, 
So, and uh, the the one on the left controls like you know you, you know moving your character like a first person shooter. But the problem is, is like I had when I started playing it, I I was just trying to think of it as a first person shooter. But then what they don't tell you is that there's friggin' platforming elements. Uh, and those are not fun at all on consoles. <laughs> yeah. And platforming elements in third per 3d games in general, not just third person shooters, but platforming elements are, especially back then. those, those generation of consoles were always finicky. They were always like hit and miss. I mean, even games that were like, you know, classics like, uh, for example, Mario 64, Half-Life, yeah, Half-Life uh, Mario 64, um, the Ocarina of Time, not to, to pick on solely on Nintendo in this case, but they had issues. I, I always thought they were a bit difficult, um, you know, being platform in 3D. I always had some trouble getting used to that. And it, I just don't know if it was just the execution or, or, or what of the game. You, you obviously never played Banjo-Kazooie. I did not. I, I missed out on Banjo Kazooie. Oh, I know. I dude, Banjo Banjo Kazooie and Tui are both very, very good platformers. Like they're very solid, and they. Like, I really enjoyed both of those games. Yeah, I missed out on those ones. I have to go back through and look at my N sixty four game collection because there, there are a few games on the N sixty four that were like hidden gems that I never bought, and there are some some stinkers that I do own, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I wonder how much... Do you own Conquered Bad Fur Day? I do not, and that was another one I kind of missed out on because that game had a great sense of humor to it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all... Well, the thing is, it's like, I... I'm, I'm just going to... Like, this is just going to be me. Uh, this is my opinion, and I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for it, but I don't care because fuck you, internet. <laughs> um, I think Conquer sucks. Really? I think it's a shitty platformer. Hmm. And it pisses me off because I, if I remember correctly, it was either released the same year or the year after Banjo Tooie. And I feel like, I mean, hell, they even made Donkey Kong 64 by this point. And, you know, the platforming in friggin' Conquer is terrible. It's awful. The gameplay is awful. You just repeat missions over and over and over and over again. It's so monotonous. And yet then the friggin' end boss is friggin' about the okay, so I always hated this. I never liked this mechanic and I thought it always sucked. And as the consoles age, because I still have my original consoles, as the consoles age, these fights become more uh, strenuous on your controller. Yeah, the stupid Bowser fights. Oh God! So long, gay Bowser. <laughs> Sorry, I had I had to say that. I, always, I had to put that in there. <laughs> I have always hated those fights, not because of they're difficult, but it's just you know rotating around and around and around and around and trying to aim at something, and it's like this is so stupid. And like I said, as time's gone on, it becomes strenuous on your controller. And they like, wear out. It just, yeah. Especially that stupid joystick on the uh, N64. That's usually the first thing that breaks on it. I've, I've actually mm-hmm. had two controllers where that, that stick will, uh, like, it'll rotate to a certain point, and then uh, something is broken in there. Like, I can feel a piece of plastic in one of them, and, it'll, like, if I try to roll it up to the top, it'll, like, stop dead in its tracks, and I have to, like, force it over. 
And when you're dealing with sensitive controllers like that, it creates it's it's a pain in the ass to play the game like that. So I might. And the thing is, is I've been thinking about this. I've actually been thinking about like re, uh, redoing the control stick in my N64 controllers. I know there are like uh, you could order replacement parts and stuff like that for them because I've been trying to rebuild a uh, an SNES controller that I have that uh, just uh, like the R and L buttons broke on it, or at least the R button completely broke on it, and mm-hmm. I've been trying to get the. Uh, I've just been putting it on the back burner. Like, okay, I'll I'll get the components later, you know, month after month. But yeah, I, I know there. Uh, I can't think of a. There, there are a bunch of websites out there. You can just Google them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is I I already know about that. Like, I know that there's like actually like they fixed, like they went back and they remade the entire controller part of the of that controller. And I've been thinking about re- about going and rebuilding it on on all of mine. Um, my, cause I've already like opened up, uh, my GameCube controllers a few times because of worn out control sticks and stuff. And, you know, and I do know how to solder. So it's not like, okay, this is, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. And it, it, I wonder too, if they make any like more enhanced, uh, parts for them. Cause that, that's something I was thinking of too. Like did, did they have stuff that you can buy that isn't as fragile that you can install in there. So well, well, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Is like they 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 have like rebuilt, uh, you know, that you can rebuild your controller with like new components, mm-hmm. like a new, like a completely rebuilt control stick, like not what they had on the originals, like a completely rebuilt one. So. Yeah, I might look into that myself. I might be able to salvage those uh, controllers that I have for the N64. Um, it's hmm. not a bad idea. Because I know trying to buy a replacement so, now, you have to pay quite a bit on ebay and you for one and you're probably you can't like examine it up close until after you buy it and it gets shipped to you to see if it's in good enough shape or if mm-hmm. the person you bought it from hosed you so yeah uh, i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you well i'm i'm usually pretty good about finding about finding like good parts and stuff for the super nintendo i the only thing i'm really trying to get is shadow run and that's like the last game that I'm like, yes, I want that game, but it's like tracking down a legit copy because like there's a bunch of like Chinese copies on eBay, but I'm like, I don't trust those guys. Yeah, you don't know what you're getting, and you don't know if it's um if it's gonna damage your your SNES or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I I lucked out because when I I bought my copy back in like 2000 and used on a, a web website yeah. and I think it was only like 10 bucks at the time or something like it was it was real cheap and um but I I think you were telling me beforehand that those things they're going for like over a hundred dollars now for for the SNES Shadowrun and no um I the I'm looking to pay probably 80 bucks okay so not 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 quite a that, that's like the cheapest thing. No, uh, I was saying like Chrono Trigger is I th- I think it, like last time I looked I found a copy of Chrono Trigger like the cheapest I could find was like 150, mm-hmm. and I know I mean Earthbound is always just out there. Yeah, so. Earthbound especially if they have the the box and the manual that came with uh, like the player's guide I should say not manual it, it was like a full fledged player's guide with the game I, I remember what was it, five or six years ago, one of my guys I was working with at the time told me, like, hey, you have Earthbound? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, you know, the, you know, if you have the whole thing, it, you could get like $1,000 for it on eBay. And I'm like, 
really a thousand? Um, I'm guessing he meant like an unopened, you know, the full size box, you know, player's guide, game, um, everything, um, you know, mint condition. But um, I mean, I, I can't part with the game because I love it so much. I mean, that just that's just a testament to how good it is and how good Chrono Trigger is because I have a copy of that as well, and I would never sell it. So, well, I only have a reprod of Earthbound, um, and I I have a reprod of of Harvest Moon. I have a reprod of Ninja Gaiden trilogy, and you know I gotta at least you know I'm, and I don't ever plan to sell them, so it's like I've at least played you know I at least have played them on the original software or on the original hardware, and yeah, mm. because I really wanted to like okay, so the only, and, and okay, so a lot of people can shit on the Ninja Gaiden trilogy. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is because, like, they go, oh, well, they didn't enhance it at all, like they did with Super Mario. Well, they did do one thing, and they fixed Ninja Gaiden 3. Yeah, and I never actually played the third game. I I didn't know that that it was, uh, I mean, I I know it didn't get all that great of reviews because. um, Because they broke it. They had broken mechanics in it. Yeah, the American. No, the American uh, publishers, they, because, okay, so at that time, there was like this weird thing where we were trying to show, you know, like, oh, well, uh, the the Japanese did this with their game. Well, we're going to do this with ours. Like uh, a perfect example of this, of a game getting fucked by that is uh, Contra 3. Ah, yeah, the Alien Wars. Yeah. Like, because for some reason they removed the unlimited continues that the Nint- that the Japanese had. Yeah, and they only gave you like uh, two or three. Yeah, three. three. They gave you three. And um, I'm trying to think of what other games they really they really like screwed up on. I was gonna say they nerfed, but no, they, they like yeah. There's just a bunch of games that they screwed up on, and one of them was Ninja Gaiden three. And what they had done is they removed the the continues. That's right. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. So what they the thing is is with the Ninja Gaiden trilogy because everybody tells me don't buy it, and I was like, well, I can. I just got a reprod cart, and I got the reprod cart from a guy who I actually trust. And I went okay, and, and I actually considered getting Shadowrun from him, but I'm like. It the the reprod cart actually would cost like the equivalent of what I'd pay the for Shadowrun. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm like, you know, that's how I I figure reprods, right? I look at you know, it, can I get this game for a lot less than for you know the actual like I have Clock Tower, which you can't get in the U.S. But yeah, I look at okay, is it the equivalent or less than to get the original game? And if it's around the same price, I'm like, eh, screw it. I'll just get the yeah, original card. You're, you're not going to save anything. The ones that are like, right. <clears throat> kind of wondering how much, uh, I'd have to check that out. You might have to send me the link for that. Cause I'm, I've been trying to get the, uh, uh, Super Mario, uh, SNES, uh, Super Mario uh, RPG for the, uh, Super Nintendo. I, you know, that, goes for a lot of money now on uh, the used ones go for a lot of money now. And I'm wondering how much yeah. a reprod would cost of that. Um, well, the guy that I know, he 
the way he works is like he only does like he, like he mostly only works with um uh what are they rom hacks uh, I see. Um, the only thing is, is like, cause I had done a lot of business with him in the past. I had asked him, is there any way I can get, you know, other games? And he had mentioned to me, well, you know, I, I can do that for this amount. And I was like, well, considering, you know, like that's how I got Harvest Moon and Ninja Gaiden and, uh, the Earthbound one is a ROM hack. It's the Earthbound uncut ROM hack. Yeah, so, so none of the uh, Nintendo of America and censorship in it. Right. Well, it's weird. So it, it's really weird because the ROM hack that's on there, like I don't turn into a robot at the end. I'm still this normal hmm. mess. And nakedness isn't in the game either. So it's not completely, you know, completely. It's it's weird. <laughs> as long as the humor in the game's intact. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing is all the like all the translations are are intact, and that's that's what I was you know mainly looking for. But I'm just like, it, but yeah, the, you don't change into a robot at the end, so you're still like normal at the end. And and yeah, there's yeah, so it's weird. But I, I, I at least was able to play the game and I enjoyed it. And that's all that I had cared about. Because that's all that I'm not buying these games to, you know, collect them. I'm buying them because I enjoy the games and I enjoy those old consoles. And Yeah, and that's that's pretty much why I'm looking into it. So I anyway, uh <laughs> But yeah, he has on that Chrono Trigger uh, ROM hack that you're always going on about. Uh, the which one with I'm, I'm sorry I'm drawing a blank here the Chrono Trigger ROM hack are you talking about the the sequel supposedly the um, Crimson Echoes yeah that one I, I don't I don't know what it's called like Crimson, Crimson Pages Echoes. or whatever yeah it is. that he's, he has that one yeah yeah he has that one uh, and he has like like I said mostly deals in in, in like the ROM hacks it's he doesn't do, he doesn't like to deal with you know the uh, the only thing that he has on there that i guess would be considered quote-unquote official is star fox mm. 2 yeah uh, that elusive one that never got it actually i don't even know did that even get released in japan or no because i think that no well okay so what happened is like they had finished it like it was completely done N64 and then um and then yeah and then n64 came out in um uh Miyamoto came in and was like, "Hey guys, guess what? Fuck you and Star Fox Two. You're doing Star Fox sixty four now." And they're like, "But Star Fox Two is done." And he just like chucked the card at their head and he goes, "I hate you." <laughs> Too fucking mad. Deal with it. <laughs> I'm I'm now gonna go sit on a park bench and wait for Christian. <laughs> Um, the only thing I knew about Star Fox 2 is I remember years ago, because I, I used to have a subscription to Nintendo Power when I was, like, in grade school. And, you know, they, they showed mm-hmm. the screenshots of it, and, like, you know, this is going to come out next year, and, and nothing happened. And the N64 came out, and you know, Star Fox 64 came out after that. And then 
of course, when was it a few years ago when that um, the mini SNES came out that everyone was, you know, ra- ranting and raving over? It was one of the, the games included with it. Um, yeah. I don't even have the original Star Fox for the SNES. I have Star Fox 64, but I played the original Star Fox, and I mean, I thought it was cool at the time. The graphics, you know, because it used the the whole Mode 7 3D, and, you know, nowadays they, you know, pale in comparison to what we have now, of course, but back then it was, like, (laughs) mind-blowing. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is, like, they they had the Super FX chip, too. But that's the reason why, like, uh, like Star Fox 2 on, on the site is, like, I think it's, like, 120 bucks because the guy would need that, would need a, a card with an F, would need a cart yep. with an FX chip, which are not, like, super easy to I come by, imagine. so... You know, getting back to Shadowrun, I know that the, the the Shadowrun game released for the Sega Genesis is actually completely different from the one from the SNES. And I've always been kind of yeah. interested in trying to find it, but I have no idea how much that's going for right now. Well, my brother has been uh, buying a lot of uh, carts off of eBay from China. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what you're getting there, so I'm I'm gonna gonna take a rain check on that one. Uh, yeah, no, but the thing is, is like he because he um, has like he used to be like into he used to be into gaming and stuff, but now he's like I don't like the new games. He goes, so I'm gonna go back to like Sega. And I went, oh okay. Meanwhile, here I am with this massive Super <laughs> Nintendo collection. <laughs> yeah, I've, I actually have more SNES games than I do Genesis. Matter of fact, I think I only have like five or six Genesis games. I guess it was just because the to me the Genesis just wasn't as is you know, as powerful programming wise, graphic wise, it wasn't as good as the SNES in my opinion. Of course it came out before the SNES did, but I just never really got that many games for it. Well, I'm just hoping the bubble pops soon because I do there's like a couple games that I'd like to get. Because uh, at the time, you know, everybody kept saying, "Oh, the bubble's never going to pop." But never, the bubble's never going to pop. No, well, the bubble hasn't popped yet, but it's moved. Um, like it was really hard, like because I had originally bought Gabia Nintendo, and it was really hard to track down games for her that were, you know, fairly cheap. Um, like Super Mario Brothers Three. At, at one point, I I wish this was a joke. It was wow. like twenty five bucks for a used game, and now. Yeah, new game, and now it's going for like eight. I'm about to say because when that game came out, it was everywhere. I, I was thinking because like I asked for it for Christmas, I think the same year that it it just after it came out, and um, I was thinking I wasn't going to get it for my parents because I was thinking like every time we were at like either KB Toys or Toys R Us or any other you know stores that carried video games, they were always sold out of it. But they got me a copy of it, and I'm guessing it's because they sent so many copies or created so many copies in the U.S that they were able to, you know, make it, make enough in time for the holidays. But, um, yeah, I'm surprised. It, Apparently. I, 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 was oh, about, I was just going to finish by saying, I, I'm surprised that it would go, a used copy of it would go for 25 bucks even now, or, well, not now, but, you know, months, years, whatever ago. Yeah, it was like five years ago. No, it was, it was probably about, okay. I'm trying to think how old Gabby is. 
so it was probably like six, wow. seven years ago. Yeah, it was really expensive. Apparently, though, two was like really hard to find back in the day, which I find absolutely hilarious because I didn't know that when I wrote <laughs> through the devil's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> So Ralph is apparently a magician. <laughs> what are these doing in this game? <laughs> what the fucking radish? Yeah, it was always something I thought was interesting that a lot of the second games in the NES franchises were always radically different from the first and the third. Um like Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. And like well, Zelda two. Even though the third Zelda game came out in the SNES, but the the second Zelda game, The Adventures of Link, that's still like radically different from from all the other games in the series. It went from side scroll to this top down, or from a top down view to yeah, to side scroll and threw in a lot of RPG elements as well. Like you know, experiencing experience points, levels, um, you know, magic spells, stuff like that. Uh, I guess they were just trying to test the waters to see if people would, oh, it's like this style. Well, the thing is, is it was only the U.S. that had the the crash. That's true. Japan didn't have the crash, but the, so I think what they were trying to do is implement like more of like the Japanese gaming elements into this. It could be because RPGs were, and probably still are very popular in Japan. Um, that might explain why, like Castlevania Two and, and Zelda Two, had a lot of RPG elements thrown into them. They were trying to, you know, incorporate something like that for, for perhaps the Japanese players as well. Uh, Dragon Quest was huge mm-hmm. at that time. It hadn't quite made it to the U.S. yet. Uh, Final Fantasy, I think, when the first game came out in that series, I don't think that was until the late '80s. So I don't think, yeah, I want to say it was like '88, '89. So that was a bit after that point in time. So I don't think you can include that. But yeah, the first two Dragon Quest games, I'm pretty sure, were out at that time in Japan, and they were selling like wildfire. So, speaking of Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy, um, you can also get reprods of the games that were never released in the that US. That would be interesting because the only uh, of the first ten uh, uh, games in the Final Fantasy series, I don't have Final Fantasy three, the original Final Fantasy three. And I did play like a Famicom emulator version of it, but like literally like whoever did the mm-hmm. um, emulation didn't fully translate the game. So about uh, uh, two hours in, it went back to Japanese or kanji or katakanji, which I can't read. <laughs> and I'm like, I, okay, I, I can't play this game anymore because I don't know where I'm supposed to go next. Um, well, that's the thing. Like the the emulation community has really expanded, and they have really worked. Like, um, they're not like the. I'm not going to say that they're flawless, but um, like Clock Tower. I played Clock Tower, and that game was was decently translated. Um, yeah, it, like they've really expanded the emulation community, and they're really you know working on that kind of stuff. So, I don't. <clears throat> like I said, I know that they have them available, hmm. but. Um, I'm not sure if that if that's something you would be interested in because I know like they have five on the uh, SNES. And stuff, I might have so. to look into that because that's that's the one game, as I mentioned, the first ten that I have not played all the way through. And I know right now 
the PlayStation Network does have the uh, what is it the D not the DS. Um, I think the PlayStation, yeah, the remaster, the, the PlayStation remaster. for the PlayStation Vita, I think it was, uh, which is like in 3D and has all new controls, and it, it looks like it's not the obviously not the Famicom version of Final Fantasy. And the problem is though, is I know the yeah, I, I heard, heard that trash. too, and also the PlayStation that Sony's going to be closing the PlayStation Store for the PS3. Uh, Vita and and PSP, uh, I think by July or August of this year. So there's not going to be any support for it if I do buy that. So I might just have to go that route and get the the emulator uh, cart, you know, or um, the other thing you mentioned there. I can't think of the term for it now. Um, basically, because it's probably the best way to do it and to play it is was traditionally meant uh, in the, the 8-bit eight eight version of it, which I, I would just have to kind of play through it because the, the, the emulator version I played moved it at a quick enough pace where if you played the original Final Fantasy for the NES, that game really moved slowly. It was... I mean, I'm not talking like pacing, like because you do you do have to grind in a lot of those earlier games to get levels and to, to move to the point where you can move on to the next dungeon and whatever. Otherwise, your party's going to get slaughtered. Uh, the I'm talking more like like the battles and stuff like that. They would run so slowly; it's almost like there was some slowdown in the frame rate or, or something like that, and it was not uh, a pleasant experience. It wasn't until like the uh, Origin of uh, Souls, or not Dawn of Souls, but the Final Fantasy Origins came out for the uh, PlayStation, which was Final Fantasy 1 and 2 packaged on the same disc. Uh, it was actually the uh, Color Swan or Wonder Swan, I can't think of it. It was only released in Japan, uh, port of the game brought onto PlayStation. And despite the fact that you're playing it off the disc, it runs so much faster than the NES version. <laughs> so hopefully. The- I, I have uh, the one on the Game Boy Advance. I think that was Dawn of Souls, if I'm not mistaken. That That is one I've been trying to track down because they actually improved it even more instead of – the, the original game, the original Final Fantasy, the magic points – there was no magic points system like we do in most modern RPGs where you actually have like a series. It was like the magic was tiered at various levels, and you would get like only like one or two or three casts depending upon what levels you had. And it was really, like, complicated compared to, like, say, you know, the more, you know, the RPGs that came after it. So I'm kind of wanting to get a copy of that. Well, do you, yes, do I you do. have a Game Boy Advance? I haven't played it in a while. Yes, I do. You want it? <laughs> okay. I'll, I'm, I'll bring it down Sweet, uh, when, we awesome. when we go shooting. Yeah, because I, I, I tried playing it and I got like, to, I got the air chip <laughs> and I just died. <laughs> I don't like this game anymore. I'm, I'm amazed you made it through the ice cave because that thing's that, that that event is so freaking frustrating. They're like, at least... I, I don't, I don't know if I did. I just know that I have a chip and that's all I know. <laughs> and I quit. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, the uh, that um, that would be something I would have to look into, though the 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 port or cartridge of Final Fantasy three. Um. 
Well, the, I know it's on DS. I know it's on the DS, but I, uh, and I, cause I was, uh, there was a one point I really wanted to try and get into the Final Fantasy series because uh, this girl I had been dating at the time was really, really, really into like Final Fantasy. And then it turns out that she wasn't, in, in that she only liked watching her <laughs> brothers play it. But I'm just like, okay. <laughs> so I was trying to see like what she liked about it. And I was like, okay, well, and so I found how to track down each of the games without having to go and blow a buttload of money on like the yeah, actual. Yeah, those are games that the original cartridges and discs are really expensive now. And I, I heard, so I heard four, five, and six are also on the dance, but I, I don't know. I don't remember anymore. Um, but yeah, I had picked up the Donna Souls game. And I was just like, this is, I, and I was kind of enjoying it. And then, like I said, I got the, the ship and I went, I'm dead and I'm dead and I'm dead. And I'm like, I'm getting, I, I, I'm tired of dying. And, that, and that, that is I'm, the <laughs> one negative part about those early Japanese uh, RPG games is you have to grind so much just to move on to the next level. And I, I'm glad that they got away from it um, in the later iteration of games that, you know, you actually have pacing now. You don't have to just run around a dungeon over and over again and fight battle after battle after battle and then go heal up and then do the same thing over and over again until you can move on to the next one. Well, that's one reason why I do love, like, Chrono Trigger and Earthbound so much, because I never, well, I never felt like I had a grind with either of those games. And plus, I always like another thing I, I was getting annoyed with is like if I went back to like an, a town to like heal up, there were always like these really like weak guys in the Final Fantasy games that would attack me, and I didn't like that. And with Chrono Trigger and uh, Earthbound, you can see where the, the the fights are as opposed to them being random yeah, battles. Yeah, that was something too I, I forgot to mention was the the random encounters and all that are just. It, it, it can be really tedious, like you said, if you're trying to go back to the a village or any other place that you've recently been to. The enemies are underpowered, but you still encounter them. You still have to either, you know, fight them or run or whatever. Yeah. Whereas the, the other thing too I liked about Earthbound and not to um, was just how, like, when you started overpowering over enemies, they would actually flee from you. You didn't actually have to. They wouldn't come at you. You could just, you know, stroll through the area and they would just run the other way. And you could insta-kill them, yep. too. Yeah, I, I, I really liked that. That was a cool aspect but of the game. With Chrono Trigger, I know there were certain elements, certain portions of it where the battles were scripted and you couldn't avoid certain fights. Um, but, yeah, you could still see where the enemies were primarily. Well, in Chrono Trigger, there's only, like, a few instances. Like, I because I went back and replayed it recently, and... Uh, even like I started off on like n- nothing. So, but I was like, okay, I at least like this. And, and that's the thing I did like about Chrono Cross, even though I didn't understand the damn battle system. And apparently there's a video online that explains how it works. And I haven't had a chance to watch it and play Chrono well, Cross. You're so. not missing much because I, I mean, I hate to shit on a game like, you know, of that series, but it would have been so much better if it was marketed as a spin-off and not a sequel because there's it almost has almost nothing to do with the original game or the original characters and all that and and there's some other elements to it that just are really I don't really know the word for it I guess just disheartening 
it's it just I, and I don't think it was a case of like Chrono Trigger setting the bar way too high. Um, I think it was just more of Chrono Cross's development and plot just weren't as it didn't seem to be well thought out. It seemed like it would, it created more questions about the series than it answered. And I mean, you'd have to play through it. I don't want to spoil it. Well, I do know that everybody yeah. dies. Pretty like much. everybody from the first game is dead. Like they all got murdered in some giant battle. And I went, Oh, that's a bummer. That's, you know, characters that, we, that, we, you know, you know we, we've loved so much and yeah. such a great game have all been slaughtered. And yeah, <laughs> way, to, way to go, guys. Way to go to dev team. Well, it, it reminds exactly. me of uh, Alien 3. Yeah. Where it's just like, okay, so, you know, here's, you know, we're going to just kill Michael Bean <laughs> and Newt at the very beginning of the movie. Hooray. Then and they like, wonder why the film did so poorly. <laughs> Well, I don't think that's a reason. Like, there's so many reasons why that movie went bad. Like, there, like the the one that was released was the producer's cut. I've heard the director's cut yeah, pretty good. I heard too but... that there were a number of scripting changes that went through it and all that. I know someone would on Critical Drinker's uh, most recent video on development hell. Someone was quoting, you know, asking him to do one on uh, Alien Three because apparently that that film had a lot of problems when they were making it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's kind of the same idea with Chrono Cross of oh well, you know we're gonna kill off all the characters you know and love, and well, that's a bummer. <laughs> I think the only one who survives is uh, Luca. Technically, she I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Spoiler but... alert: Lynx actually had killed her and burned, <laughs> when he burned the orphanage down, at least according to the the game's director and creator. So that was nice. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah, I just I heard that everybody was dead and like they all died in battles and stuff, and I was just like, so all those characters that I've you know grown to love and you know I've, you know that I spent an entire adventure with, and then they're all dead, and they die in like the most the asinine that, ways possible. Yeah, and despite and I, the fact that really the pre- by the end that. of the previous game they were so over, you know, they were so strong they could could beat a gigantic planet devouring parasite. And yet you're telling me that they got wiped out in some battle. Who the hell defeated them? I mean, this, this, this is just, I say that the writing is just bleh. And the other stuff, the other plot elements they've thrown in, it just doesn't make any sense to it. And I'm thinking, like, if they ever do a, a true sig- a sequel to Chrono Trigger, they should just be like, okay, well, everything that happened in Chrono Cross, that happened in an alternate dimension, and it doesn't count towards the actual game, you know, the, the series. <laughs> Kind of like they did with Radical Dreamers and Chrono Cross. So, <laughs> alternate universe. <laughs> I, I'm not too familiar with Radical Dreamers. I, I just know like one of my brothers played a, a translated <laughs> uh, port of it, and uh, he, he thought it was pretty funny. But it was mostly like a, I want to say point and click type game. It wasn't really like an RPG. Or anything like that. It was it was a very simple like platform because it wasn't mm-hmm. developed for the SNES or any of the uh, like consoles. It was developed for uh, I can't even remember the name of the system. I don't think it was released outside of Japan. He, he thought it was pretty funny, but it was mostly like text based and point and click type of uh, type of game. So yeah. 
Yeah, that's, I don't know. I just, it's been a hard game for me to get into. I have a copy of it, but I just, it's like, uh, do I really feel like playing Chrono Cross? Yeah. No, I want to play Chrono Trigger. It it just, (laughs) I mean, I've played through Chrono Trigger countless times because it's such a great game. Chrono Cross, I've probably played through it, oh, maybe two or three times total. Um, it just doesn't have the, and the other thing too, is that they put so many characters in the game that you can use. I mean, the thing that Chrono Trigger had going for it was that you had six, well, technically seven characters in your party and they were so well-routed and so well-developed and fleshed out that that, that was another thing you like about the game because you love the characters in the game. Cross has like 25, 26, maybe even more characters. It's been a while since I counted. And the only two characters that we really get a lot out of are Surge and Kid, and that's it. You know, why put so many characters in a game that isn't even really that long, I don't think. It just, again, it seems like the writing on it was just so poorly done. Uh, um, I was going to say something, and I just, like, totally... Like, and the thing is, I don't want to hear, like, the, the nostalgia thing, because I know, like, people uh, out there that are listening to this podcast, they're going to be like, oh, it's just it's just nostalgia. That's why you don't like it. And it's like, dude, I did... I had never played Chrono Trigger until, like, I was, like, 23, 24, something like that. I'd never in my life played it, and I picked it up, and I was like, this game is phenomenal, and... I thought I thought it was a really good game, and because I always hear that 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 uh, criticism, if you have something negative to say about like newer games, it's because quote unquote it's nostalgia. And I go, look, I know the difference between nostalgia yeah. and actually good things. And you know, I, I I'm I mean, I'm just being honest about Chrono Cross. I I don't think it's nostalgia because I, I played both Chrono Trigger yeah. not too long after it came out originally. I played Chrono Cross not too long after it came out, and it just Chrono Cross does not resonate with me at all the way that Chrono Trigger does. And this this is coming from a guy who loves the very first Resident Evil game for its its charm, and even though compared to remake, it's nowhere near as like graphic wise and in just plot, you know, the remake it is such a better game, but I still like the original Resident Evil for what it is. And I'm not saying that that's um, nostalgia or anything like that. I'm, I'm being honest. I'm saying, yeah, the remake is a better game. <laughs> I'm admitting that. But, but Chrono Cross is not a better game there's, than Chrono Trigger. There's one thing. <laughs> not out of nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> there is one thing I do like about the original Resident Evil, and it's because Gabby had been Gabby had asked me what I like about Resident Evil, and so I popped in the original for her to play, and uh, she she really liked it. But there was something I noticed that I didn't notice the first time I, and I think probably because both games, uh, both the one on PlayStation and the one on GameCube, I had played through as Chris initially yeah. because <laughs> Chad Chris versus Rudy Chris Gandhi. Redfield. No, you know? it's Chad Redfield. <laughs> Boulder punching, saving best girl, Jill, patrolling thoughts. But, yeah, Chad Redfield. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, Leon Kennedy is just like King Simple Ada, over there wait. and doesn't get anything. 
<laughs> but you were talking about uh, Chris's playthrough in the original Resident Evil. Well, yeah, because I played through as Chris's both both times, and I only think I, I only played like the original, like out of you know out of respect more than anything. I just wanted to see where where the series had started, and that's basically the reason I played it. And Gabby played through it, and I was watching her play through it as Jill. And one thing I noticed that I don't see in remake because I've played through a remake numerous times. I don't, I don't like it. Gave you more like options, more like um, yeah, it gave you more options with that's theory. true. Because I, I, I was actually playing through remake recently because you know I kept getting bombarded with you know the twenty year anniversary of it coming up. Well, I'll pop it in there and play it. And the interesting thing is, um, like. You know how you have the multiple endings with Resident Evil. In the original, if Barry is to die, it's going to be in the caves. And it, it like when you meet him in the caves, you have those two dialogue options to follow him or not follow him. And if you don't follow him, he gets killed by a hunter. Whereas like in remake, they don't do that until the final battle with Lisa Trevor. If you don't give him his pistol back, he'll get killed by her. And there were some other things too, because I know with... Um, with Chris's playthrough in the original Resident Evil, you actually have more options, dialogue options with Rebecca of, you know, you can ask her to follow you or you can just have her wait in the, uh, the one save room there. Um, but yeah, that, that there, there are a lot of differences and I've been, I almost kind of want to start my own YouTube channel just to do a video on, on compiling the differences between the original and remake. Um, <laughs> Like, for example, like the lockpick being able to unlock sword key doors in the original, but in remake, Jill has to get the sword key. Um, and there's there's so many yeah. of them that it's just, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, getting back to what I was saying, though, it is, I still, I, I mean, I know remake is a far better game. I still love the original, though. Well, I, I I agree, but I, I just thought that was an interesting aspect of the original that wasn't implemented, and I was like, that's that's actually a really cool thing, like that they did put in there. I'm not gonna lie and go, oh well, it's stupid because this game's old. No, I thought it was a really cool option that they had put in there that wasn't implemented into the remake yeah. at all. And I was like, that sucks. Uh, it is what it is. I, I remember, like, I was so obsessed with Resident Evil at one point that I had actually read some of the books by S. I have not read any of them. I've heard, you know, I mean, they're not canon, but I, I mean, I've heard some things about them. And it kind of brings me back to the the idea of what is canon and what isn't, because it seems like even Capcom can't keep that clear. Because I've heard, like, some of the spinoff games, like Survivor, um, and I've also heard that Outbreak aren't considered canon, but now they're saying that they are, and it's it's really tough to keep track of all of it. I'm, I'm just like, are you guys, what's official here? Not, not that I really care or obsess about it that much, but it's just kind of annoying. Okay, so what's canon is this is this is for me. This is this is canon. So um, there's zero canon. One's canon, two's canon, three's canon, Code Veronica's canon. Code Veronica's totally canon because <laughs> Claire knows booty. Gotta get Dark Side Chronicles. <laughs> anyway, go on. 
<laughs> um, so uh, Code Veronica's canon and Survivor's canon because they mentioned Survi- they mentioned Sheena yeah. Island in Zero. So Survivor is 100% canon. I don't care what Capcom says. <laughs> and then Gaiden is canon because Leon dies at the end. <laughs> Fuck you, Leon. He's one of their more popular characters. <laughs> Uh, that's the thing I hate. Okay, so the thing is, is I like I hate how Leon became like the face of the series. I hate that. It angers me so much because it doesn't Before make any was such sense. a cool game. <laughs> I, that that's all I can think of is that that and the thing is like they they made his transition like overnight. Like he was such a. I, I mean, I wouldn't say he was a, a a douche in Resident Evil Two. He was just like. Like a simp, like you said, and yeah, well, the thing is, is he's still a simp in four. You know, he's still simping for Ada. And the thing is, is I don't like. Okay, I know I talk a lot of shit on four. I think four is a good game, but I think it's a terrible oh, Resident it's, Evil it's... game. I, oh no! Go ahead. I, I was just going to say this: just a, a third-person shooter in Resident Evil skin, and not even a third-person shooter because you still have to. It's not even. It's not even in Resident Evil skin. It's a third-person shooter, but it's not wearing Resident Evil skin. Mm. It's just yeah, got the Resident Evil name slapped on it. I mean, I just like. I felt this is gonna and this is gonna sound like completely retarded of what I'm saying. I think five is more of a Resident Evil game than four is. Because at least five brings back the the bioorganic weapon aspect yep. of Agreed. the Umbrella Corporation. Unlike unlike uh four, which like they were basically just you know <laughs> some Spaniards that you yeah, shoot. It's basically just a cult you're dealing with. I mean, essentially, it's like a, a video game of the Wicker Man with with uh, a better ending. <laughs> yeah, but that and so that's the thing. I don't I don't hate Resident Evil Four, but I think Resident Evil Four is a terrible Resident Evil game. Um. The most the most bioorganic weapon you're going to deal with in four is the the yeah, reanimator the or, or the are. the Those reanimators, things. yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I was, was going to call them the Eliminators, and I'm like, no, those are those cool apes. From I, I don't hate them that much. I mean, the, the enemy I hate from that game is the leech leech zombie. Oh, I hate those guys. Uh, <laughs> Well, everyone hates those guys. Those guys suck. Like I, I like the last time I was playing Zero, I got stuck in a part where I'm dealing uh, with three humanoid at. leeches at the same time. Right after the, it's right, right when went, you after you enter the cathedral, I think, in that laboratory area. I hate that part. Yeah, and I was just really, really annoyed, and I just kind of was like, I don't feel like playing this right now, so I haven't gone back to it. <laughs> I remember, though, I was, like, when I was younger, because I don't remember, like, I haven't played the game since, like, 2003 or something. So, but I remember when I was younger, I was able to trick the game into not spawning three of them, but only spawning 
two hmm. of them, and I'm trying to remember how I, I used to sure, do it. I'm not sure because I never heard of that. I know one of the uh, one of the things you can do is like, uh, well, if you enter a room where they're in, if you can like, if there's a key item or something like that, you got to do in that room. If you take care of it while they're transforming, they won't be able to attack you because they they kind of go into this. But the thing is, is uh, they're not okay. transforming. So I, they're yeah, already like fully formed. I know one of them, one of the ones in the lab is in that one room and it'll start to shift into the leech zombie, like right after you walk by him. Yep. Hate those bastards. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's where I am. So. But yeah, I was able to somehow trick the game and not make one of them spawn, and I don't remember how I used to do yeah, it. I haven't but, played that game in so yeah. long. I mean, usually when I'm going through like a marathon session of the Resident Evil games, I'll usually skip zero because I, uh, I just don't like playing through it. It's a shame. I I like I like zero, and that's what I'm. I'm not going to change my mind on that. Like. I don't care how many videos I see about how much Zero sucks. I still like Zero. I still like. I still think that to me, Zero has more Resident Evil aspects than friggin' Four does. <laughs> and the thing is, too, is like it, it does have a good. It has a good story. It does work within you know the Resident Evil universe. Usually, when you do a prequel, it can be sometimes you know somewhat difficult to to write it in properly. The only complaint I have for continuity is how in, mm -hmm. you know, Resident Evil, the original, uh, not the original, but the original or remake, um, Rebecca freezes. Yeah, she freezes up when that hunter corners Rebecca's her. And I'm thinking to myself, like, come on, Rebecca, you've been through worse shit than this. You shouldn't be panicking like that. <laughs> but that's just a real <laughs> minor grievance. I mean, yeah. other than that, I think Billy's a great character. I mean, he was one of my favorite characters when the game came out. I mean, they never brought him back after that, but I figure he's probably on the run hiding from the, the government. <laughs> um. Well, what I always thought would be cool, and this is what I thought when I initially saw the preview, I thought I didn't, like everybody kept saying it was Chris in the trailer for five. And I, I'm like, yeah, it kind of looks like Chris, but what if it's Billy? Like, they don't put the, the tattoo on him because, you know, that would give away that it's Billy. Like, what if Billy is actually the hero of Resident Evil 5? Because it would make sense because, you know, he's going back to where, you know, like, he has... I, and I don't remember the story that well of Zero, but wasn't, like, like, they're, like they stumbled upon, like, the camp of Billy uh, of zombies was or something of basically at one uh, point? committing a massacre in, in some village in Africa because... Uh... He actually ended up taking the fall for it from what it looked and sounded right. like. He was trying to stop the guys in his platoon because they, a number of them were getting picked off while they were in the jungle. And um, they basically just took it out on the village thinking that they were the ones responsible. It was kind of like the, the you know, it was the Malay massacre in, in Vietnam. Um, but uh, I, I was thinking that um, when, when five was coming out, that it was taking place in Africa, that maybe whatever attacked his platoon there was responsible for you know what was going on in, in whatever five was going to be at the time i was kind of disappointed that there was no tie into that you know well i i just i remember like that's the reason why billy's been arrested but i i was thinking wasn't there something about the mother virus being made in Not africa in that they mentioned in zero i know that but billy did mention the mother virus on that one after that one okay. cut scene 
where after he uh, was it falls into the uh, like toward the end of the game when you're at the plant and Rebecca has to go to that one area to rescue him. Um, he mentioned mm-hmm. something about the mother virus and I'm kind of wondering if maybe that was something that he knew of and wasn't, you know, leading on to, but. Well, that, and that's what I was thinking. That's what, like, again, that's when five was originally going to come out. And I was thinking that would be cool if like Billy is, you know, implemented, but unfortunately like Billy Carlos, has just died. Like, Shiva, and we don't talk like all the other second anymore. banana characters in some of the later Resident Evil games, they just disappear. <laughs> and I'll be honest, like that's one reason I wasn't a big fan of like uh Revelation. Like that was one thing I didn't like about Revelations. Revelations was such a mixed bag. I hated those I hated the guys that I called uh I don't remember. I don't remember what the hell I called them, but I hated those two guys. Um just the the guy who like was a wannabe gangster and Revelations the, or Revelations? The too. guy he hung out with. Revelations. Like, oh, I know. Oh, there yeah, were these those two, two guys stupid guys. And they had to fight like about. invisible enters. Those BSAA him. guys that you had to play as temporarily. Grinder and. Uh... <laughs> yeah, like I hated that. Yeah, I'm kind of glad <laughs> they haven't been brought into any other games. Um, I, some people were saying like, they didn't like Chris's gameplay aspects, but I, Chris was a mixed bag because Chris had some horror elements, but then he didn't. And then, <clears throat> but I, I thought Jill had a great game. Uh, I really like that. The only, there, the other yeah, thing I don't like that about guy was it ridiculously is the final tough. boss. I mean, it's been a while since I played a Resident Evil game <laughs> where I've died so many times fighting just one boss. And, <laughs> Oh, God. I think the first time I fought against him, he might have killed me like 15. I had to continue like 15 times just to beat him the first time around. It was either Michael or my friend or my friend Blaine. They they just quit the game. They said, I, I can't beat this uh, guy. So I still I'm done. look back and think about how, how long it took me to figure out like, OK, you know, here's how, you know, because you, you have to learn like the pattern of his attack, you have to know like when to, to like run away from him and when to run towards him. And, and then of course, like, cause it was the first playthrough, I didn't have a whole lot of ammunition. So <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that I, I use the, you know, the right weapons at the right time. There's only certain times when he's vulnerable <clears throat> and, uh, man. Yeah. Well, what had happened is I had gone through and I had, uh, I had a good amount of ammo and I just was like shooting him until I was out of ammo and I had absolutely nothing. And then he was like, you know, doing that final teleportation where yeah. that teleportation where he's just one. like popping all over the room. Well, I, I'm like, I have no ammo. How the hell am I supposed to beat this guy? This isn't <laughs> friggin' silent Hill where the boss is just going to drop dead. So what I did is um, I went in, I had saved uh, from when you're, you remember when they drop all those freaking rocket yeah, launchers on at you at one the point where they give you a whole bunch of rocket launchers to use. I had stored up, I had stored up two, one of them. I, I had one of them left. And so then I was like, screw this. I'm just going to go in and I'm going to fight this guy. So I went in 
and I just like shot him in the chest right away. And then he was like doing that te- final teleportation. And so I still had all the ammo that I had before. So I just like <laughs> laid into him and then I was like, bam, beat uh, you, bitch. I I <laughs> save a rocket launcher against him. <laughs> well, I, I saved a rocket launcher simply because I know, like I've played enough of the modern Resident Evil games that I know there's going to be some stupid giant boss at the end. And, and that's where I'm going to need to use the rockets. <laughs> I always, you know what? And that was another, just, that, that, that disappointed me was the fact that you didn't get a rocket that's launcher tradition. to fight him, yeah. you know, cause that's the rocket classic resident evil. Even in three, even in three, they give you the rocket launcher I mean, you can't, you can't use it on Nemesis, but you get it. <laughs> you use the damn railgun on them. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I So, I really um, like what, what are you thinking um, of Monster so far? It, it, I think I mentioned it was a bit of a slow burn at first, but when it started picking up bit by bit when, you know, after the uh, the time skip, after the kids go missing... And, uh, you know, all those couples start getting murdered and then you start, you know, unraveling bit by bit what's going on. And then the revelation that the Jonah, the boy he saved is, is the killer. And then you find out more. What? Uh, yeah. Johan. Sorry. Uh, Johan. Anglicized his name by mistake. Uh, the, uh, and, then, and then you find out more like there are people that mm-hmm. are actually working for him. And um, I, I actually finished the, the first volume up uh, last night and um, I, I definitely want to pick up the next volume, but right now they're, they're sold out. So I probably won't be able to put, you know, pre-order uh, when they get them in stock until next uh, week when I get my paycheck. But yeah, it's, it's getting really good. Well, I went in, uh, I had to use my PayPal credit and I bought <laughs> the last three volumes uh, all at one time. <laughs> because i'm so tired of like because they've been so out of stock on them and and i don't even know what happened like they like nobody had been reading it nobody was talking about it and now all these people are talking about it and, and i'm like well i better buy the yeah, last three while i can i'm surprised too because i you were the only person that really ever mentioned not, not that i really hang out with a lot of people that are connoisseurs of, of manga or, or anime or anything like that but like some of the the few youtube channels i follow they they don't really no one's really ever mentioned Monster before, so I'm I'm kind of shocked at how good this is and how it's been kind of like a, a hidden gem. Um, damn, I got to get the next volume. <laughs> the, I, I just started one. Uh, I had picked one up just basically. Actually, I picked up one for Gabby, for uh, Gabby to read, and she <laughs> saw it and said, this cover looks stupid. I don't want to read it. Um, and I also picked up uh, 20th century boys and i just started reading 20th century boys and i'm like okay this one's already cool like i have no idea where we're gonna go with this this is already you know i'm already excited uh all i know so far is like there's this symbol and it's a hand within an eye and this this symbol it's to, it's for these boys to show that they're part of a club and there's a guy who can friggin' float, and he uses the symbol. Wow. And that's all I know. And I'm like, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> and he also has another one, which I had bought for Gabby to read, called uh, Asadora, which 
I have no idea what it's about because I read the first book and it friggin I I guess it's like a kaiju <laughs> manga, but I I'm super excited to read that one. A kaiju. Uh... <laughs> Have you seen uh, Kong vs. Godzilla, the one that, that recently come out or anything like that? I know I think it's only on HBO Max. So, No, I have not because uh, I don't like Adam Wingard. I haven't seen it either. I was just wondering because I most of the stuff I've heard about it is <laughs> kind of mixed. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they were like... <laughs> My mom didn't like it. So, I mean, I, I don't know what that yeah, says because my mom doesn't like I've a lot of stuff. So. It, it's just like, oh, well, you know, visually it looks good, but there's hardly any plot. And I'm like, well, you know, this is a, you know, kaiju style movie of, you know, monster versus monster. There really isn't a whole lot of plot, but there was some stuff sprinkled in there that I, that from what I've read didn't really seem to fit with it. Um, man, modern movies are mostly terrible now. <laughs> I, I, I did see Godzilla King of Monsters. Like that's the only American Godzilla movie I've seen. And I only saw that because it was directed by and, Michael Doherty. Uh, what's his name's in it there? Uh, Cranston. Heisenberg. That was the first one. Okay. King of Monsters was the second one. Yeah, but no, that was the first one. That was the first one. I didn't I didn't see that one. Yeah, and Michael Doherty made uh he made a horror film called Trick or Treat, and he made another one called uh Krampus. He wrote I think that I think he be. wrote the first I two. I thought uh, Brian X-Men Hayter movies. wrote one of them. They're David Hayter, Brian. Yeah, David Hayter. Oh, David Hayter. Yeah, David Hayter wrote two of them too. Yeah, the uh, the Trick or Treat that was an anthology horror film, wasn't it? Like it was like a spliced into like three or four. Of them. I've heard it was. I I haven't seen it. Yeah, it, um, it was very good. Well, I, I remember seeing the previews for it back in like 2006, and I immediately added it to my uh, Netflix watch list, and nothing came of it, and everybody was wondering, when is this coming out? When is this coming out? And apparently, there was a lot of controversy mm. controversy around the movie because they let children die in the movie, and so there was a, like, a lot of controversy about it, so I went, okay, well... Um, I guess I'll just wait. So then it came out. I think it finally came out and was released in either 2008 or 2009. And I'm, th- I'm going to say 2009 because I remember Gabby had already been born and uh, when I had watched we'll it. Probably so. have to watch it one of these days, maybe around Halloween this year. Hey. Oh, you should. It's, it's a it, that one, and I really like Krampus too. Krampus is. Uh, that that one I on have heard my of. list of and, Christmas um, movies to watch. Of course, I've also heard the the story, you know, legend of of, of Krampus. I think that's how is that how it's pronounced. I always thought it was Krampus, like you know, cramps. But um. <laughs> I, I I think it's Krampus just because yeah, of, really, it's yeah. a, it's German, and I think, uh, yeah. Because every other language has consistent vowels and is yeah, that way, yeah, that really right. I, in German. I'm not sure. I, I don't know that many German words in all honesty. Uh, I need to pick up another <laughs> language. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think of like du, du Haas. Uh, Ramstein, <laughs> well, yeah. It's spelled Ramstein, but pronounced Ramstein. 
flat A row sound. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I just, I know enough about like other languages that I know English is just stupid and we, there's literally no, no the reason you know we have vowels. That it's a mutt language and that it's been influenced by many other European languages. Um, Oh, no, it's not just European. It's every language. Every language is a part of... <laughs> all the languages had a giant orgy and English was born, okay? <laughs> because we, we even had... I mean, like, you know, we, we are constantly adding words to our language, like, consistently. We add words from, you know, Japanese. We add words from, you know... Well, soon enough. I don't know if we have anything oh. from Chinese, <clears throat> but... <laughs> but, like, um... Yep. Everybody there knows are a lot like, of long uh, words Hata-kiri, from other you languages know? that we don't have... Um, we don't have an equivalent for, like, well, getting back to German, was it, uh... Damn it, I can't think of the word now. Um... Friden, uh, what is it? Friden shower or something? I don't remember what it's called, but it's like basically somebody who, or Friden or something like that. But it's like they enjoy, yeah, like basically negative, enjoy it's someone negative else's, things uh, happening to people or uh, something. Misery, shut and fraud. I think it's probably mispronouncing misery. it horribly. Uh, but yeah, that, that that's the word I was thinking of. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that, that yeah, that's another example yeah. of, of loan words that we don't really have in a an equivalent to in English, but I think other languages now are becoming that way too. Like I know Jap- Japanese has a ton of loan words in it. I actually learned when I was um, watching a uh, death note, uh, the, the alias uh, light uses Kira is a loan word from English. It's killer. Um, and uh, it's just, you know, Japanese pronunciation because yeah. their consonants, they don't have a, a yeah, distinctive out. Yeah, distinct L or R sound. They, they kind of have that. L- I, I can't think what the, the term is for it, but yeah. And that's why it comes out as Kira. Mm. Well, they use it like interchangeably within their language, is my understanding. And I, yeah. I, like I, like I said, really other languages that, but... are, I think, probably just due to. I wouldn't say just the global marketplace, but just things, uh, communications getting better in the past, uh, in the 20th century, in the 21st century with the internet and everything else that we have going on. Uh, you know, we're, I mean, I imagine probably down the road, I mean, I'm not an expert on linguistics, but maybe centuries from now, we'll have one unified language. They'll just nail it into one, like in South Park. <laughs> Future speak. Well, I don't, I don't see that happening. But the thing is, is like I do, but like um, there was. But the thing is, is that the the German things we were talking about, like that's slowly being implemented into English. Like I hear it a lot, and I, I don't remember what it is, but I at least know like when I hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, it's that. Yeah, German I think thing that, like, is enjoying somebody else's misery. You know? <laughs> But yeah, um, I, I'm just trying to think of uh, something that happened on on set that we, we could talk about because 
I, I don't know. I, I have <laughs> the tendency to talk about stupid well, stuff. On I mean, I, like... I can think of a few things, but um, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't in a whole lot of uh, Through the Devil's Eyes. I only had like well, four or five scenes, I think. And so I wasn't on set an awful lot there. I know that um, I made the mistake of going to the wrong site because I was going to your place in, in Aurora at the time. And I was supposed to be at the place that was in, in Lakewood uh, to do that one scene. <laughs> I was kicking myself for it because I lived literally like a few blocks away at the time. <laughs> I drove all the way out. Of course, I was. it was after work when I was going there. And at the time, I think I was working. Actually, it might have been before I was working as, as a security guard. So I probably was working at Lamps Plus at the time. So either way, I had to drive back to Lakewood <laughs> regardless. But that was my fault. I did think it was funny that you showed up on set and like Tristan like came out and was smoking and he goes, "Oh shit!" Oh, like throws the cigarette away. He's like, "How's it going there, officer?" <laughs> and you're like, "Good." And he goes, "Glad, glad to hear it." Just so you know, I'm 18. And I was like. Mm. <laughs> and he was just like, okay. Uh, and I'm like, Kristen, he, he's not a cop. He goes, oh, I thought he was a cop in real life. <laughs> uh, trying to think of something else that happened. Well, I know that one time I accidentally used uh, the, the CB radio that um, uh, I can't think of his name now. Um, yeah, James had his car. He had the thing on. So when I read those lines, I was actually James. reading them through the, the CB. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Why did you leave it on, James? <laughs> uh... <laughs> I just pictured like, somebody listening to that. We've got another body here. I was here. worried is that you know, some trucker was going to pick up on that what, and what? You know, try to call the authorities. Hmm. <laughs> uh freaking james then james is a, james is a trip i so he's currently living hmm. he's currently living in missouri and he has a bar cool. is it kind of like and, uh, an a bar arcade. arcade like uh what is it the one up was i think was it in denver where you like you have games but they serve uh yeah like there yeah there's like an entire arcade center and then there's a, a bar and he, apparently he's trying to get that the would Simpsons be awesome, cause that, that, up and running. I know it was briefly available on PlayStation Network, but I missed the window. And I don't think there's any other way to get the game other than to, to get some sort of console emulator or something like that on your machine. Um, yeah. Well, he has like the mm. cabinet, but like he said, like somebody like took out the game. <laughs> And it's replaced awful. it with like Pac-Man yeah. or something. <laughs> so he's trying to rebuild the the cabinet, but but he keeps telling me, "Hey, come on down to Missouri and shoot with me." He's like, "Because then at least you know we can." He's like, "I can get you this. I can get you this. I can get you that. I can." You know, like. Mm. 
<laughs> cool, James. I don't know when the hell I'm going to be able to get down there, though. You know, <laughs> seems like everyone's moved out of Colorado now, except for for Mike and Greg. I think they're the only ones left there, aren't they? But, She's in. Yeah, uh, Hannah. Hannah left. She wrote me. A, she wrote everybody a letter. Ashley's still there, but Ashley's married now. And <laughs> I know you said Hannah. That's all I know about her. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, do you like those graphic design work? But consistent employment of that field. I know they're always looking for people for that sort of thing. I think you said Hannah moved to to Florida. Was it? Yeah, Hannah moved to Florida with her mom and um, huh. Gianna, I believe, or did she move moved to, to New Mexico. No, <laughs> Bree moved they... to California and she does full moon movies. <laughs> I thought that was pretty grand. I was like, wow. <laughs> and I watched one of them. I watched one. She was like I'll a Witchcraft damned. 14 or something like that. <sighs> Yeah, I'm just trying to think of uh, who else is. Um, well, you mentioned Tristan. Uh, is he who else he worked with? Or he move? No, Tristan. Uh, I don't know if I told you. Tristan moved up to New York. And <laughs> he hangs out with Shia LaBeouf. Just or for it. a while, he's been hanging out with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> and I don't know if he, like I don't know if. Uh, I don't know if they had a falling out or yeah. just like he, he lost I know his shit around like crazy because even of before fortune. that he was doing all kinds of weird stuff and um, I don't know whatever happened he he was in something recently wasn't he didn't um, no no I remember now that he he was at I, he wasn't in anything I remember he got me too I don't know I don't uh, a couple months ago if I remember correctly like one of his exes accused him of doing some bad stuff to her or something like that. Well, every uh, Joe, I got, oh, I got I news. Know. Everyone's gonna be, get me tooed by the end of this whole thing. Luffy, <laughs> me tooed. <laughs> Usopp, me tooed. <laughs> He's gonna get me tooed to Sanji, <laughs> definitely me tooed. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Sanji. <laughs> Brooke. Brooke, same thing. <laughs> you Usually can't ask me to see their penis and not get me too, Brooke. <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> Chopper. <clears throat> Chopper might might get me too. Sorry, Chopper. <laughs> what about Nick? Is he still in Colorado? Uh, yeah, from my understanding, like uh, Michael, yeah, I think still works I with him. I really remember working with Nick too much. I remember through the Devil's Eyes, he was doing most of the camera work, wasn't he? Or was that boom work? That's right. You were doing the camera work. That's right. No, he was doing mostly boom work on through the Devil's Eyes. Yeah, he did camera work on Final Hit, and then since I've moved, I've been doing camera work mm-hmm. again. So. You gotta do what you can, because and boom. I, I don't know if it's just COVID or what has been hampering like the 
the you know uh, indie film industry it's got to be having some sort of impact on it because I, I think that down here i haven't seen anything really announced i've been trying to get back into into doing independent stuff down here the only problem is is that um there hasn't been really a whole lot of announcements where i'm at and also my schedule because I, I work nights now and a lot of times when they do shooting or um well, well, for stage stuff, I can't really do that at all. Like theater, that's kind of out of the question because a lot of theaters, community theaters, do their rehearsals at nights. And I'm always working nights, so it's like, well, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. But even like independent film, um, it, it's been really difficult just to, to find anything that's open. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking maybe that's part of it is just the, you know, the restrictions and everything like that of, of, of COVID-19. It's really Well, it's a it's a huge part of it, dude. Like, yeah, uh, I went to go see a play uh, in, here in town, mm. and like they had to wear like the, the seats marked, like marked the see through masks and stuff. And yeah, they're not they uh, weren't supposed to be imagine, touching like, the each other. Marked off so that you know people will be six feet apart and all the other stuff. Jeez. <sighs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's just it's just a. Uh, it's a shit show, and it, and the thing is, is like that's what kind of like I want to say it makes you laugh, but it's actually a tragedy. It's more more than anyone else. Yeah, it's hurting in, small businesses, in, in the same way. and that's I mean, what I'm kind of glad off. that uh, you know my father's my father's retired from work now. He doesn't um, he doesn't do the auto repair anymore. Um, not that I think that COVID would have much of an effect on that, but but I've seen like all the other small businesses that I've I've known back up north and, and some of the other places down here are just, just suffering from it. And it's, I mean, I don't really want to get into the politics of things mm -hmm. here, uh, but it's just, it's really just so it's, it's sad. It's terrible that there's really not a lot anyone can do about it. Yeah. I, you know, I agree with that. I just, you know, luckily, I live in a place where there's not a lot of restrictions, and honestly, it's well, becoming good. like less and less strict. So, I say that, and then, like, you know, uh, because of you know how the upload schedule is on this, people are going to hear that, like, you know, then Again. we're going to be like <laughs> under like you know total lockdown. And <laughs> I mean, I, I've been fortunate that I was able to keep but, my yeah, job no, because. I just, my day job because I'm considered essential and also that I telework now because my commute was, you know, 60 miles one way at the same time. I'm like not trying to, to grin too much about it. Cause there are people out there that have got it far worse than I do. And, um, that <laughs> hopefully they will be. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing I've been grateful for this whole time is, you know, I'm just grateful that, you know, I work in an industry that like has, allowed me to continue working and continue to do what I do. So. It's, it's just been difficult, you know, for, for everyone. It's just one of those things. I, I, I've already kind of stated my politics in a previous episode that I'm kind of I'm the same boat myself that's that's pretty much how I works, see it but... I think this has all been incredibly unnecessary and 
you know, the, the fear mongering that that's been done about this thing has, has been far more damaging in my opinion than the actual results of, of, or, you know, the, the lockdowns themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing, like people always make fun of me. They go, you know, RJ, why don't you trust the news? And I go, well, because, you know, I got raised by movies and I got raised by TV. And you know what, man? Those two things taught me that the news is evil and don't ever listen to it. And then all of a sudden, oh, trust the news. I'm like, but you've been telling me all my life it's, the news is evil. Why are you telling me it's good? One of my older brothers brought up was uh, about how over the past several decades, public schools have declined in teaching things like critical thinking. So a lot of people will just believe anything that they hear from news sources and that sort of thing and uh they don't bother to to analyze it or to think twice that if something else is going to someone else is going to gain from this or someone else is going to lose something from this or if there's something else going on uh thank you for coming for my ted talk i'll get off my soapbox now Well, at least it, it, well, all the other episodes, like uh, some of the episodes, like what the one with Mike, it took like fifteen minutes, which is pretty to, good to for me because if anyone follows me political. on social media, they know how political I really am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, here we are, an hour and thirty minutes into this podcast, and it's like. Now Joe's getting. <laughs> no, I just that's not what I'm about. I, but the thing is, is all I'm stating is that like I I don't you know I just thought it was funny that like movies at the like for the longest time movies used to tell me like don't trust the news you know don't trust the government these people are bad people and I'm like yes movies I understand and then all of a sudden movies like have changed direction and they're like. By the way, did you know that the news is actually good? And I'm like, uh, no, wait, what? <laughs> a bunch of anarchists <laughs> used to make movies, and now, now yeah. they've, they've been co-opted. And it's just, it's so pathetic as to what you know Hollywood has become, the entertainment industry in and of itself. I mean, I could go off on on a rant about how. Um, <laughs> You know how shit. You know just about every entertainment facet of the inter- entertainment industry has become, um, and just just the politicalization has has ruined so much stuff. I mean, you don't even have to be on the side that agrees with what they've been saying and in doing, just to realize that you know this is supposed to be about entertainment, not indoctrination, not about you know hearing a political message ham fisted down your throat every five seconds. And, you know, like the comic industry is wondering why Marvel and DC is dying and why manga is outselling it tremendously. It's because, well, manga is better written. And because manga is better written, there isn't really a whole lot of political messaging, at least not as much as the American comic book industry has been doing over the past several years now. People don't want to read about, you know, that sort of thing. They want to be entertained. Yeah, like, I mean, the thing is, is like, I I always tell people, like, I don't know. I just, uh, somebody had mentioned something that, uh, oh, well, if you don't, there, there was some YouTuber that was saying, like, you know, 
oh, I'm, he's like, I'm funny because I make jokes about Trump. And it's like, dude, the same jokes <laughs> you make about Trump are the same jokes everyone makes about Trump, which is orange man bad. I, like, you know, if you have a, like, honestly, if you have a good joke about Trump, I don't, I'll laugh. But the thing is, it's like none of them have good jokes. They're all like the same garbage jokes that everyone else makes. Oh, he's got (laughs) orange skin. He's an Oompa Loompa. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Come up with something fucking original, you piece of shit. The thing is, it's just, it's an oversaturation of it as well that. That also makes it worse. I mean, it might have been funny the first couple of times, but mm-hmm. it's not even funny anymore. It's like not even – they're not even trying to hide that like they have an agenda. And I was like, you know, I, I read something or I watch something to unwind or I play a video game to unwind. I don't want to get bombarded with political message of, you know, regardless if it's orange man bad or, you know, the left is trying to destroy the country. You know, it, it's, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle it comes from. It's like, mm, I'm just here to be entertained. I, I don't want to, yeah. you know, have something constantly drilled into my head uh, as to how to think or, or how to vote or, or how to live. Well, like Dalton Trumbo was a hard, hard yeah. communist, but the dude at least knew how to friggin write, you know. I didn't agree with with his with his political views, but the thing is, I'm never going to take away the fact that at least Dalton Trumbull knew how to freaking write. I I've read, you know, I've watched his films. I've read Johnny Get Your Gun. I've I know at least enough about his stuff that I'm like, you know what? He's, he's he was talented, and that's the thing is he wasn't trying to force anything on anyone. Yeah, and, or at least it didn't least, come across I mean, that way. As much as I disagree with communists, at least he had the good sense of, of you know, filtering it out of out of the entertainment. You know, he didn't really try to, to push a political message too hard, at least from the few things he's he's written that I've seen mm-hmm. um, film wise. Um, but nowadays, there's just none of that. It's just, oh, you know, orange man bad, blah, 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 funny, blah, 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 blah. They talk about the NPC meme and it's like they're kind of becoming the NPC of this whole thing. It's, it's becoming predictable. It's, and it's just, you know, some people will say, well, there's nothing new under the sun or someone's already written something, you know, a hundred years ago or, or more or whatever, you know, the tale has been told so many times. It's a little bit different when someone's trying to, to force some sort of political belief or whatever on you, as opposed to, you know, having an original story and entertainment. And uh. right. well, like Akira Kurosawa, like Akira Kurosawa is known for everything yeah, he ever wrote. Basically, was a friggin' a were Shakespeare were ripoff. Commonly ripped off as westerns, but um. <laughs> hmm. But the thing is, is like, you know, he, he had a tendency to just rip off Shakespeare. But the thing is, is nobody goes, oh, well, you know, he's he's just a Shakespeare ripoff. Because, you know, every, people understand there's nothing new under the sun. But the thing is, is it's like I saw – there was some movie I saw recently. I don't remember what the – oh, uh, the, like, oh, the freaking Jay and Silent Bob remake. Like, that was so – 
Like it was just, it was just like Kevin Smith virtue signaling to everybody, going, "Look how far and superior I am." And it's like, I, I, you know, I was Smith, thinking about the nobody other thinks you're superior. His career, and I, I think to myself, how much better it would have been if he died of a heart attack twenty years, ten, twenty years ago. I know that's a horrible thing to say, but his legacy would have been secured. <laughs> At least to a, to a certain oh. extent. I mean, I know a lot of people talk about like, because what got me thinking about it was Kurt Cobain's death, which the anniversary of that was earlier this week. And people talk about like various music artists who died young. And, you know, well, what, mm-hmm. what, what other music would they have created had they lived? And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, there are a lot of bands and artists out there that have gone way past their prime and produced a lot of crap albums later in their careers. It might. Yeah, exactly. It, and as, as grim and morbid as it like all sounded, it might have been better that they, you know, burned out early and, and, and passed away um, when they did, as opposed to, you know, becoming a lounge act or not to, to quote a Nirvana song, but, um, you know, doing residencies in Vegas and producing mediocre albums for, <laughs> you know, years and, and afterward. <laughs> I know, again, that sounds terrible that I say that about Kevin Smith, but uh, he might have been better if he <laughs> stopped making movies altogether like he said he would. I'm not saying that I, okay. I, I didn't say he wish I never he would. say I wish Kevin Smith would die. <laughs> because I, I, as, a father, as a father, I, I at least got to think of his daughter. Okay, But I do wish that you know Kevin Smith did like, just I mean, get fired I, I didn't from say making I wish movies. I wish like, somebody would just stop him. <laughs> I said it would be better if he did. You said he wish he had a heart attack. No, I wouldn't. Because, like I said... I at least I'm thinking of his daughter, and I go, you know what, man? <laughs> she, she does need, she needs Kevin Smith around. Okay, not, I'm not, I'm not wishing death upon anyone. Just for clarity here, I'm not that much of a ghoul. <laughs> oh, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> if, if people are back after listening to last month's uh, episode, they'll be like, what the fuck? Well, I'm a professional. I thought RJ was the villain on so this show. At least I consider myself one. <laughs> I, well, that's the funny thing. That's the funny thing. Everyone except <laughs> Michael is, loves to troll. So, you know, <laughs> Michael, Michael's all about playing it safe. He's like, hey, guys, <laughs> I'm going to swim up on the shallow end of the pool. Is that okay? At least they haven't said anything too controversial, I don't think. <laughs> Other than thinking that Kevin Smith would have been better off if he died a long time ago. <laughs> I know it's terrible. I'm terrible. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I don't apologize. But I never say sorry. Backpedal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I just I I don't I don't hate Kevin's book. I just hate the man's He's movies. Definitely lost I wish he would stop making movies. That's for sure. I'm just fucking gold. I, I mean, people will say that you know his first films are, are absolute genius for for what they yeah. are. Is is a you know just some nobody who was a you know filmmaker in New Jersey fresh out of film school clerks was monumental. And, you know, the films that came after it, they were all good as well. But just, you know, by the mid-2000s, he was just 
you know, fully corporate, I'd say right around Jersey Girls when he started becoming like just a, a regular Hollywood director. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be really mean. I'll say since Jay and Silent Bob strike back, he, he that Jay and Silent Bob, <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob strike back is where I he's trying to see that. that. That ended up becoming. I'll be mean. <laughs> Because the way I see it is because what do people like about his early films? You know, James yeah. and Bob were like the comedic characters. That's what, you know, people liked them, right? So what did mm-hmm. he do? He went and took what people liked and he just like pushed it to the forefront, you know? Actually, no, I'll be really fucking mean. Oh, come on. You can't as much as I love show. it, the <laughs> that, that cartoon show is where he sold out. <laughs> Okay, you're right. You're right. Because the thing is, the selling out is like where you change up your style to appease to the masses. So, yeah, probably Jersey Girl. I'll go, I'll say Jersey Girl. Unfortunately. But yeah, just, the Clerks TV show was awesome, and nobody ever I don't talked know if it was about it. Time slot or what, <laughs> but they, you know, they canceled it after one season, and I, I think I have the DVD. This first season was only six episodes, I think. I don't think they were they like the, the, after six episodes. <laughs> really? Huh. No, they didn't even get like it didn't even get a full season. <laughs> Got six episodes, and that's it. Actually, that's what I heard. From my understanding, they, they made they, the six, first. But I also heard that that was supposed four. to be the first season was six episodes. The last two episodes they never aired or whatever, or they aired them in the wrong order or something like that. I I don't know, but I. <laughs> <laughs> Still, they, they didn't get a full season. That's the whole point. <laughs> so people miss out on my joke whenever I go, what? No, 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 plaintiff. What? No, 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 plaintiff. There's <laughs> respect for Judge Reinhold. Billy, <laughs> <laughs> I need your help, man. That Eddie oh, Murphy gosh. runs in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that again. I'm sorry. We're out of bananas. <laughs> I still quote yeah, it every so, now and then. I don't know. I liked the, the show. I thought it was stupid, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> well, I always do the, the um, medical strap or whatever. The band aid rant. Band aid's a brand name. <laughs> <laughs> Band-Aids is a band is a is a brand name. They're called adhesive strips. <laughs> the man is bleeding and you're arguing about semantics. <laughs> well, I I uh just looked at the time and I'm gonna say that that concludes another episode of the Decades Apart podcast. Um, I just want to remind everyone to like and subscribe. Smash that like button. Um, <laughs> um no, actually, right now I and uh, Joe, do you have anything you want to promote? Moment, honestly, so I don't have anything to plug, unfortunately. Uh, you have a movie. It, Joe is going to be oh, in to wish to be honest, impossible I things coming. Wanted to plug that. Whatever the fuck it comes out. <laughs> well, I never mind. 
You should have. <laughs> just, just say I'm gonna be a redneck and to wish impossible things coming through. <laughs> and see, the thing is, is I'll be like, yeah, it comes out when it comes uh, out, like when Carla dies. <laughs> I'm going to be a redneck and to wish impossible things, which was coming out when it comes out. 